You're now tuned in to Life Song Radio, a weekly podcast dedicated to accurately studying the Word of God in a comprehensive and biblical manner. Listen in as host Phil Ramsey, Blake Shankel, and Tom Hammond dig into the Word line by line, verse by verse, leaving no stone unturned. Grab your Bible and your notebook and get prepared to study the living, breathing, active Word of God. Now, here are your hosts of Life Song Radio. Hello and welcome to Life Song Radio. I'm Phil Ramsey and with me today is my co-host, Dr. Tom Hammett. You're not a doctor, but Tom Hammett. Not a doctor. It kind of sounded good, though. You like that? Well, we, we could go with that. Small d. <laughs> small uh, well, Blake's not with us again uh, this week. He's he's out of town. I think he's in either North or South Carolina, working on some projects. So he's not with us this week. So it's, it's us again. Okay. So I think we can handle it. Uh, if this is your first time watching or listening to Live Song Radio, just to let you know who we are, we are a line by line, verse by verse Bible study. We study books of the Bible. And that's basically what we do. And Tom, I don't know that you know this, since I'm kind of over the Facebook and the website, things like that. We have other listeners and watchers in several countries, but one in particular, we have many. Just take a guess. Tupelo? (laughs) Pakistan. Pakistan. Yeah, we got several, several uh, brothers and sisters in Pakistan that listen, and they sent sent us encouraging words. So uh, Jimmy and Blake, they did a while. Not Jimmy and Blake, but Jimmy and Mike, the former uh, co-host here, they actually did a – went to Pakistan and did a – trained pastors and things wow maybe made some connections there but we have many people in pakistan we're so we're glad still. they're listening yeah that's that's exciting yeah so uh we're, we're glad you tuned in we last week we were in romans 11 we we covered uh verses what verses 7 through 10 seven last through week 10, yes this week we're going to hit 11 through 15 i believe we're going to try to do that today right you got anything to add to that before we begin well just to kind of set it up we have been talking i think for the last couple of shows about uh, this rejection of israel this current rejection of israel and we have been talking about that it's a partial rejection and what that means is we've been talking about the remnant right so that has kind of predominated the thought through these first uh, 10 verses if anybody wants to catch up on that, they can go to lifesongradio.com, mm-hmm. go back and catch those episodes. So we've been talking about the remnant. There's a current remnant now of saved Jews. Um, we've also thrown it into a future context yeah. of a future remnant when Israel is saved. But Paul now kind of shifts to a uh, different uh, focus on chapter 11, which is not the partiality the partiality of Israel's rejection, but now the purpose for Israel's rejection. And there's some really exciting things here. There's a lot of blessing that actually comes out of that. That's sort of a paradox that Israel's rejection actually creates a lot of blessing. So we'll look at that tonight. And so the purpose, man, this is, this is something intentional that happening. That's happened. God's not setting aside Israel. He's not. It's not an outburst, an outburst of emotional anger where they didn't do what he wanted to do, and so he gets mad. And Plan A is is not working. Now he goes to Plan B, which is the Gentiles. That's not how it works at all. That it's part of the plan. Yeah, and there is a purpose to it. Yeah, this purpose uh, is kind of surprising, really. Mm-hmm. And it talk. And one thing that's going to come out, I hope the audience will pay attention to, is the purpose of the church. Yeah. 
what is why does the church exist? Right. And a lot of people think the church exists because well God just threw up his hands with Israel and said, Well, I'll get somebody. Yeah. No. For God the Father to present his son a spotless bride has been part of the plan before the foundation of the world. So it, that all fits into this, too, as to this overall purpose. We're going to break that down into three things. It's actually a threefold purpose, Paul tells us here. Right. So if you want to read that, we can. Uh, yeah, let's, let's start. About. We'll go Romans 11, uh, verse 11 through verse 15. I say then. They did not stumble so as to fall, did they? May it never be. But by their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make them jealous. Now, if their transgression is riches for the world and their failure is riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their fulfillment be? But I am speaking to you who are Gentiles inasmuch as I am an apostle of Gentiles, I magnify my ministry. If somehow I might move to jealousy my fellow countrymen and save some of them. For if their rejection is reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? Wow. Yeah. Just a lot of stuff there. Yeah. So, you know, we get into the purpose. Uh, we get into the purpose of God's rejection of Israel. Uh, before we get started on that, there's one very noteworthy thing to look at here. We're kind of going into part two of chapter 11. Paul started uh, part one of chapter 11 up in verse one. He said, I say then, God has not rejected his people, has he? He says, may it never be. We talked about that a couple shows ago. Then he begins kind of part two of this chapter here in verse 11. He says, I say then, they did not stumble so as to fall, did they? May it never be. Two times he emphatically says no as strongly as you can say it in the Greek language. A thousand language. times no, 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 no. no, no. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, so it's, it's both times it's a rhetorical yeah. question, and both times it's a way that Paul introduces his argument. Uh, he, he sets it up, says, okay, let, let's talk about this. I've also found it very interesting that the uh, phrase he uses here, they did not stumble so as to fall. Uh, that's a Greek word, uh, uh, ep, ep, you're, you're sounding like me. I now. know. Epteison. <laughs> and what that, it means to sin, to err, to transgress, right. Right. To, to cross the line. So he's saying they have not sinned so as to, and this word for fail is, uh, for fall is actually a, a fail. Right. They have not erred in such a way. They've not sinned in such a way that they have failed. And he means have failed forever. So what you're saying is there is a difference in stumbling and falling. Yes. So yes. They, they've stumbled. So the question is, and we, and we hit it in Romans 9, what do they stumble over? Uh, Romans nine thirty three. they stumbled over the stumbling stone, just as it is written, behold, I lay in Zion a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. They stumbled over Christ. Is what they, the way I like to think that Christ said what? He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. They stumbled over the truth. Right. That the truth was right in front of them, and it, it, and it caused them to stumble. Yeah, and they could not comprehend the cross. Could not Christ comprehend. and the cross is, is was a stumbling. That's what it says in, I think it's 1 Corinthians one twenty one. Uh, it was a stumbling block. Uh, it was foolishness to the Gentiles, and, a, and Christ crucified was a stumbling block for the Jew. And you think about it, 
if this is the Messiah, if he's come to bring the kingdom where we're going to rule and reign and not be under the oppression of Roman rule, then how can he be hanging on that tree? That's not God. Yeah, that's and they God. never they never could uh, reckon they, they never could understand the purpose of the first coming. Speaking yeah. of purposes, yeah, yeah. They, they never understood two comings yeah. to start with, and never, they thought he would come and never leave. Even his disciples, they just didn't grasp that, did he? You know, and you say, well, what about all the Old Testament passages that talk about the suffering servant, particularly Isaiah fifty three? Yeah, they saw themselves as the suffering servant. Yeah. Israel saw they were the ones who were who were being drugged through the bringer, so right. to speak. So they just they just never have grabbed it. Paul has acknowledged that, but he says, "Wait a minute." He says, uh, "There is a reason for this current rejection." And uh, let let me tell you uh, three things about it. So we've kind of broken this down into into uh, three. Paul breaks it down in three sections. So we will too. You'd be a great Baptist preacher, by the way. You you've got all these three points every week. Uh, you yeah. bring you bring three things every every week to the table. I do, but that's the only way I can remember it. <laughs> a lot of a lot of teachers do it, so the so the audience will remember yeah. it. I do it, so yeah. I'll remember. I like it. what you got here. It's good. So uh, what, so what's the first thing Paul says? We're still in verse eleven. But by their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles, mm-hmm. first of all. Yeah. So salvation has come to the Gentiles. That's one purpose God has had in rejecting Israel. That's not a new concept. Uh, Jesus talked about it. I'll just read a few verses here. I've got several. Uh, Matthew eight eleven. Jesus said, I say to you that many will come from east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of uh, kingdom of heaven but the sons of the kingdom he's talking about the israel will be cast out into the outer darkness in that place there will be weeping and gnashing mm. of teeth another place jesus said this matthew 21 verse 43 therefore i say to you the kingdom of god will be taken away from you and given to a people producing the fruit of it this was a theme throughout acts yeah. as the church was being birthed acts thirteen forty six, paul and barnabas spoke out boldly and said it was necessary that the word of god be spoken to you first they're talking to jews since you repudiate it and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life behold we are turning to the gentiles that's just and i've got some more verses here that all back that up that the message was going to come to the Gentiles, and that was, we've talked about this before on the show, that was another huge issue for the Jews. Right. That the Messiah was not theirs exclusively. Yeah. You know, you think about it, for, for hundreds and hundreds of years, you know, he was their God, and he they had his law, and they had to keep the law. And then when, the, and when it was opened up for the Gentiles, guess what they had to do? They had to believe. And and they looked at them. You mean they, the dogs, can can be a part of the kingdom by simply believing on Christ? And here we are. Where we've been. Now we're not going to go that route. We're going to keep working our way to God. That and you know there was also a lot of uh, a lot of other things going on in the Jewish mindset here. Uh, the temple Christianity was teaching that the that the temple was now a heavenly temple, right? And there were no outer courts when when the Gentiles started coming into the church, started being part of the redeemed. That that now there's no there there's no you know the Old Testament temple they had to, they had their boundaries how close right. they could come into the holy of holies, and now they had the same access that the Jews did. All these sorts of things just added up into a just a huge 
uh, stumbling block for the for the Jewish. You people. think about it when that when G, when Christ died and the the curtain was ripped from top to bottom. What would a, if a Jew was there that day and saw that happen? He would have what immediately turned and run the other way. Exactly. Whereas now, what is that saying? Come in, those who are far off, come in, come into God. You have access. The, the veil, the curtain is ripped. So they were terrified of that. And couldn't, you know, and then you got all kinds of teachings come boldly into the throne room of grace, all these sorts of things yeah. that just, it's just piling up for the Jews. And so the message, the gospel, is then presented to the Gentiles. God even called us a, a apostle, especially for that task, which right. is Paul. Right. So that was the first thing. Then if we go on and, and read further, it says uh, to make them jealous. Uh, it says salvation has come to the Gentiles to make them jealous. And you have to ask yourself, well, now, how, whoa, 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 how does make, how's this going to make Israel jealous? How is it? And, and what good will that do? Now, I've made the argument on this show before. The fact that God has a purpose in making Israel jealous, to me, is a very strong argument Israel still has a future. To, to those yeah, explain who, that. Say that, because that was really good. If it's had no purpose, why? I mean, that didn't look good on God to make somebody jealous and tease them without no opportunities. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's, it's hard to find a righteous uh, purpose in that if it was just to antagonize. If it was just to, uh, I think what you said, you know, just to just to aggravate them or just to uh, 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 kind of stick the sword in and twist it, so to speak. This jealousy has got a purpose, and how we know that is. And by the way, this is not a new concept. Let me let me explain what jealousy means. You go all the way back to Deuteronomy oh, yeah. thirty-two. Read mm -hmm. that. That's uh, here's what God told Moses to say to them said uh, they made me jealous with uh, with what is not god talking about their idolatry they've provoked me to anger with their idols so i will make them jealous with those who are not a people i will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation he's talking about gentiles he's not right. talking about uh, he in a way he's not talking about a specific nation in another way he is we know later on in history you know the syrians and babylonians right. so and so forth uh, could be a partial fulfillment of that yeah. but this word jealous he told uh, Moses in Deuteronomy, I'll provoke them to anger. Paul says here that he's provoking them to jealousy. And this is a really neat Greek word because it, what it means is, is to stimulate alongside, excite to rivalry, provoke to emulation or imitation. What this means is, is that is to provoke a feeling in them of, I want that. Provoke a feeling in them of, they've got something I want. Uh, for those of you that, that play athletics, um, maybe there's been a player on the team that you said, I want to play like that. I want to be as good at the, as that. And that's what you work toward. That's your goal. That's what you're striving for. Maybe a runner, and there's a time on the clock that you want to attain and get to. It's not a jealousy of, of, uh, of uh, permanent resentment. It's a jealousy of what's going on there. I, I want to. I want part of that. Yeah, I don't know if the the audience knows this, but when Tom was uh, fifteen years old, he was dating a girl pretty hot and heavy. I don't know if y'all know that, but I'm on. I'm on. I'm on. I spill the beans on him, but you know he got a little too big for his britches. He broke up with her. Johnny down the street. He thought she was pretty. They hooked up. You look back. You got mad. <laughs> 
<laughs> you you got jealous. You want you wanted it back. You wanted her back. What's that song? You never looked so pretty until I saw you in his arms. You know, so, sort of thing. Uh, that was a total lie. I never broke up with anybody. I was. I didn't dare break up with anybody. <laughs> it was too 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 long a dry spell there. So I didn't take that chance. But that's exactly what it is, though. Yeah. It's uh. It's this 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 desire for what the church has and but they're not going to really have that until the second coming and uh when when god comes and makes that heart of stone flesh yeah and you you mentioned it earlier and i'm not going to get to it yet we might get to it but there's a lot of scripture that talks about this time period where their eyes will be opened and then they will see finally the veil is removed their eyes are open and they actually see what happened zechariah says they look on the one they pierced yeah and then isaiah uh, talking about the same event that isaiah 53 we read that and we get real confused by it thinking that's the church speaking that's actually restored israel speaking well yeah and just a, a little more interesting this is a prophet who is prophesying, but Isaiah 53 is written in past tense. In past tense. So this is this is the Jew looking back. We just assumed he was smitten by God. He was bruised for our, iniqui- our iniquities. Well, they, they assumed he was smitten for his own iniquities, yeah. they say. Yeah. So, and he starts out, says, says who, you know, who believed our report? Right. We get confused on that. It's, it's who among us believed what we were told about right. Jesus Christ. But they're going to finally see it. And uh, and this jealousy that God has provoked uh, through the Gentiles who have come to salvation is going to all be part of that plan. Yeah. So that's two. We said this, this is a threefold purpose for God's current rejection of Israel. One is that uh, Gentile salvation. The second one is to provoke Israel to jealousy. And now we're going to get to the third one. It says, uh, now if their transgression is riches for the world and their failure is riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their fulfillment be? Hmm. Now, these riches, he's ta- these are spiritual riches, and we're still talking about salvation. We're still talking about the gospel here. And then Paul says something. He says, if God's current rejection of Israel has provided these kinds of blessings, this abundance of blessings for the Gentile, just imagine how much more blessing there's going to be when Israel is restored. So we're already getting this idea of this future for Israel. Yeah, We've already gotten it with that word jealousy. But now Paul plainly says how much more will their fulfillment be and that's a determinative statement it's like when this happens it's not a if this happens it's when this happens if it look how the world's being blessed now by israel's rejection when she is restored wait till you see the blessing that's going to come then yeah and that's a that's an amazing thought so God chooses Israel to be the light to the world, right? And they rejected Christ. So what does God do then? Plan A again, he uses their failure to do the same thing. You see what I'm saying? Yes. To bless the ends of the earth. Yeah. But let's 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 go back to what we were talking about a while ago. Zechariah says they're going to look on on the mm-hmm. one whom they pierced. Zechariah twelve ten. Yes. So and this is at the second coming which happens at the end of the seven-year tribulation period. 
people people confuse the rapture with the second coming. Yeah. Those are two different events. The rapture happens at the beginning of the seven-year tribulation. The second coming occurs at the end of the seven-year tribulation. And it's really not difficult to take Scripture and show that those are two separate events. I know a lot of people don't believe that. but Yeah, that's a very uh, – <laughs> We don't have time to get into that tonight. But, <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's a lot of people right, divide over that. Right. Jesus so, is coming. Right. <laughs> so uh, now – if we put the second coming at the end of the tribulation period, which enters into the seventh dispensation, which is the dispensation of kingdom. Mm. And now we're talking about this thousand year earthly millennial kingdom yeah. where Jesus sits on David's throne in Jerusalem and rules the world. Let's just talk for a few minutes about the blessing that's going to come out of that. And these are very general. We're not going to get into a study of eschatology tonight. We're not going to get into all the details and minutiae of the millennial kingdom, of everything about it. That, that's a study in and of itself. Yeah. And I don't think that's what Paul's trying to do here. But there are some general truths about this kingdom that we can go on and talk about. For one thing, there's going to be one perfect king sitting on the throne. There will be, it will be one government without corruption and all the world will recognize one world uh, leader that's right. going to be jesus christ right. all will be represented by one perfect priest now let's just think about that there's going to be one mediator for all of mankind between them and god as you're speaking how can you say what you're saying you're, you're saying these things are going to happen why are you saying that because the old testament tells us time and time yeah. and time again when we understand the Old Testament in a literal hermeneutic, yeah. which is what we've been arguing for, yeah. we don't have to spiritualize it. We don't have to turn it into allegories or metaphors, make it all symbolic and poetic. If we just take the Old Testament for what it literally says, it tells us all these things are going to happen in this yeah. kingdom. Yeah. So, uh, what's you know, there, I, I made us a list here. You can jump in anytime you want to. There's going to be one true religion. There's not going to be all different factions, all different religions all over the world. Uh, the church won't be uh, split up under, uh, you know, a hundred different signs and different theological uh, frameworks on and so forth. There's going to be one true brand of Christianity throughout the world. Every person is going to share the same faith. Now, let me say this. The people who come out of the tribulation period and go into the millennial kingdom are still going to breed and have children. And not all of those children are going to be saved. Yeah, nobody's born saved, by the way. Yeah. So, well, they, they, <laughs> they need to be saved. But, the, but not all the progeny will be. And toward the end of the millennial kingdom, there's going to be one last rebellion. Again, we're not going to get into all that tonight. Yeah. But at, the, at, at least at the beginning of this kingdom, there's going to be one world faith. Everybody's going to be believers. Everybody's going to have one faith. And just, boy, just just think what that would bring about. Well, and also the curse. The, I think it's I, uh, I think it's Isaiah 65, maybe. There is a new heavens and a new earth. And sometimes the people that might would disagree with us, they would say this is the eternal state, but you have issues there. You have, you know, a child who dies at 100, you know, would be considered young but but here's the deal he dies it's there's very, no death in heaven it's, it's very hard to make a case that the millennial kingdom is the final state yeah that really revelation tells us that yeah. comes after that the new heaven and earth come after but the curse is removed also from the earth well satan know. is bound yeah 
Now, okay. Satan is bound. Now, sin is, is uh, the yeah. earth has been totally revamped. The tribulation has done that. There's been earthquakes, the comets, uh, asteroids. I mean, there's been cosmic uh, cataclysms for seven years. The climate has changed. There's, there's going to be huge changes on earth that are going to make, it's going to be a restoration of Eden. Yeah. Uh, so to speak. But let, let, let's talk about Satan's going to be bound during that thousand years. He's in the abyss. He's going to be let out one more time at the end of that thousand years. But then let's think about what kind of conditions that creates. There's there's going to be peace. There, there's going to be peace. There's not going to be neighbor at, at neighbor's throat. There's just all kinds of blessing that come out of it. And let's keep in mind, we're talking about what happens at Israel's restoration. Yeah. We're talking about those things. I've got more. Uh, uh, righteousness and wisdom will prevail. I said that there won't be corruption in the judiciary. Our courts won't be corrupted. There won't be judges who are uh, who are corrupt, and and justice will be meted out equally. Uh, the justice will be instant, and it's going to be perfectly righteous. And again, you say that because that's what the scripture says. Yes, that's so important. Yes, and and we could stop and we could give scriptural support for everything I'm saying. Yeah. And that would turn this into two or three shows, and I've got a feeling we would lose a lot of audience just just getting into all that minutia. But yeah. uh, we we can I can back all this up. Yeah. That's not hard to do. Um, I think there will be worldwide prosperity. You know, scripture talks about that. That that you know, vineyards and so on and so forth. Yeah. That, that everything's going to prosper during this time. So the earth is going to enjoy untold blessings in this millennial kingdom. That begins with Israel's future restoration. So let's go back to Romans 11 and put it in context. Paul is saying, look, if this much blessing is coming out of their current rejection, which is salvation to the Gentiles, which is riches for the world, if the blessings we're already seeing come out of that, just imagine what the blessings are going to be when she's restored. Yeah. So, um, and, and then Paul... He, he kind of catches himself here because he knows he's talking to primarily a Gentile audience. You read, you read those uh, verses a while ago. And he says, I know I'm an apostle to the Gentiles. I was called to carry this gospel to them. And said, I'm not, by saying this, I'm not taken away from my office. He was saying, I'm not looking down on what I've been called to do. But he, you go back to chapter 10, verse 1. He told us then he was carrying this heavy burden for the salvation of his kinsmen. Yeah. And he said, if some of those, if some of my kinsmen, my blood kin, come to salvation, to the truth of the gospel, that just magnifies what I'm doing. Yeah. It, it makes what I'm doing even uh, uh, more glorious. So, so he was all about making them jealous. Yes. That's God's plan, and that's his plan. Yes. So that he may persuade some and he did many he would go uh he would go to the, the synagogues he would talk and and he would lay it out the law of the prophet prophets and christ and put it all together and some believed and some didn't and a lot didn't and it also explains all the trouble paul stayed in yeah. with the synagogues everywhere he went yeah i mean it seemed you know the first thing he had to do was go in there and and uh kind of get everybody against him so to speak mm -hmm. those, those who were blinded who couldn't couldn't hear the truth Stumbling over the truth, I think, as we said. So, so you uh, you want to go to verse fourteen? 
verse 14. If somehow I might move to jealousy my fellow countrymen and save some of them. We just talked about that. Paul is on the same page as Christ. There's a, there's a, a purpose in what what's going on with Israel, uh, the Gentile salvation, jealousy, and, and Paul is all about that because he loves them. Right. Verse 15, for if their rejection is reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? And Paul is very much describing Ezekiel chapter 36 right there. Yeah, I wish we had an hour on that. Man. Good gracious. And if you're not familiar, that is the what we is commonly known as the prophecy of the dry bones, mm. where God said, I'm, you're going to be a pile of dry bones, and I'm going to come in and breathe life into you. You're going to have a heart of stone. I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. What he's talking about is a rebirth of the nation of Israel. And so Paul is likening when, when this rejection, when this, and we keep using the word current, yeah. current rejection, yeah. when this current rejection is finally over, Paul is saying what's going to happen to the nation of Israel is going to be no less than a resurrection from the dead. Mm-hmm. And what he's 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 definitely talking about uh, a rebirth. This, about a rebirth. We're not we're not talking about a, a, a physical resurrection. They will be born again, man. For if their rejection is reconciliation of the world, we're not talking about universalism. By the way, you know, <laughs> we're, uh, what will their acceptance be? But life from the dead, born again, spiritual death. And what, and what does life. the New Testament say about Jesus' resurrection? He said his resurrection, the scripture says Jesus' resurrection was to make him the first fruits yeah. of many brothers. Yeah, he's the first. He's the first. I think he's really, he's the first Jew. Yeah. That is, he is the first fruit of the nation of Israel. Right, I agree 100%. That's good. Uh, we got through fifteen. We could have. We I mean we could have went a lot more. There's a lot to that, uh, but we're out of time. With well, the Lord willing, we'll be back next week, maybe. If the creek don't rise, the creek don't rise. <laughs> hey, we appreciate you guys wa- watching. You can go to our website, uh, LifesongRadio.com. Watch us on Facebook every uh, Sunday morning at eight a.m. Every Sunday night on YouTube Live at seven p.m. Just search our channel. Uh, get on your uh, a phone you can search us on itunes or any of your your favorite podcast apps you can, and you can go to facebook and youtube later oh yeah what you're given are the times the first time you can yeah. see it eight, it's eight in the morning facebook seven at night youtube but if you if you don't catch it then yeah they're still there you can watch them you know three years from now so i'd encourage you to do that hey we appreciate you watching tom uh Good, good program today. Blake will be back with us next week. We'll continue our study in uh, in chapter eleven. It, it's it's getting good. It's, it really is. This is a fun chapter to it teach. Is. It is okay. We'll see you next week for another edition of Life Song Radio. You've been listening to Life Song Radio. You can follow us on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to continue to study throughout the week, check out the resources available on our website at lifesongradio.com. See you next week for another episode of Lifesong Radio.